Are you listening? Uh. All right, it is number 10, TV and Jelly podcast number 10. Uh, I, I feel like we've graduated to something, uh, even if that something is simply double digits. Uh, so I'm Craig Hanks, and uh, go around the horn, introduce yourself. I am Sarah Hanks. I am Meg Walter. Eli McCann here. Hey, everybody. Hey. I think Eli is like sad turtle today. <laughs> <laughs> Get excited, man. I am. I'm really actually very, I have many things I want to talk about today. Do you? Okay. Well, today the main topic of conversation is a, a, a dare I say, magical, wonderful Masterful. Uh, masterful ABC comedromedy. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Unintentional comedy. Called Time After Time. It is, well, it's really something and we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to talk about before we get there though. And so I guess, Meg, do you want to just start off with like what everybody's watching? Is that? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. What are you watching? Well, I finished The Bachelor. Thank goodness. Uh, oh, tell me more. Worst season ever. Was it I really? Was, yeah, it was so bad. But I got the impression recaps. That, thank funniest you. Funniest recaps. No, they but were really, so I didn't even yeah. think the recaps were funny because it was such a bummer season that like it I was really grasping to, at straws. It seemed to start off pretty strong though. Corinne was great. Right. And then once Corinne left. Well, she didn't leave till late though. But they yeah, like but when she didn't have two dozen other women to kind of like and lots feed of off of. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, anyway, so I'm glad it's over, but I'm really looking forward to The Bachelorette, which starts May 22nd. Who's our new Bachelorette? Rachel, first black Bachelorette. Oh, that's right. Which is exciting. How many of the contestants are going to be black, I wonder? I don't think they have all the contestants yet. Um, so, I actually, I think they started filming just recently. So, when they did the After the Final Rose, they brought out four contestants, two are black, two are white. So, I think we're looking at an even split. That'd be... It's going to be Something. interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. How yeah. many, when it's a white bachelorette, how many uh, black guys are there Two. usually? Two yeah. tops and that are usually eliminated pretty swiftly. This season was probably mm. the most, um, I guess, progressive is the Diverse. correct word. In that Rachel made it pretty far. She mm. made it to fantasy suites, mm. and that's never happened. Oh, anyway. really? Yeah. Um, I've been watching The Office, too. Me, too. Yes. Really? The American version? Yeah. yeah. You guys must be the same. We must. We're pretty yeah. similar. <laughs> um, for some reason, I just picked up at the end of season three when Jim asked Pam out for the first time. Oh. And I've been watching from season three. And the other night, I watched the episode where Michael leaves. And it was Marley and me tears. Yeah. Like, I, and I've seen it at least three <laughs> yeah. times before. And, and it's I, about to get real bad. I was a mess. Yeah, and then I know that the show tanks. Except for the last season, I thought was phenomenal. They Kim. did a great job coming Maybe back. I'll keep going because I'm like, I don't know if I should watch this James Spader. It? No, I have, but okay. it's been, what, like seven years? Is yeah. James Spader? Yeah, he's, yeah, he, he becomes be the new boss, huh. and he does a really bad job. I think I don't know. Well, it just didn't work. James Spader works. It, he's it's like casting Keanu Reeves. You could hit a home run, but like it's a really specific role that you're yeah, going to put that guy in. Yeah, and it's not. It, I mean, and it was you can't replace Michael Scott. You know, right. like he was Absolutely. so good in that role. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on. Big Little Lies. Is anyone else watching Big Little Lies? <laughs> no, but everybody I have at work is so talking many about things it. saved up for when I like. Oh my gosh, you guys! Turn on HBO. Well, not not turn on. When I subscribe to HBO again, I've got like a long. Do you list want my password? Things. I'm not going to say it on uh, air, but yeah. I will give you my password. We'll talk about that later. Um, I read Big Little Lies last year, and I read 
all of her books right after that because they're amazing. And once I finished all of her books, I was like, I don't even know what to do with my life. Maybe I should just die because like <laughs> it was, they were so good. I love them so much. But Big Little Lies was far and away the best one. And this series is so good and so true to the book and everything I wanted it to it? be. It's a murder mystery, kind of. It's a murder mystery, but it follows three main characters who are dealing with different issues in their lives like and, obesity mm, like abuse oh. um infidelity i'm doing a very bad job selling it but it's really <laughs> really good um is it is it a comedy no is it a drama, it's a drama. nicole kidman reese witherspoon oh. shailene woodley shailene woodley adam scott some really handsome swedish guy mm-hmm. a really handsome spanish guy it's really well done. Um, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm watching Feud on right. FX, which is about um, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis making whatever happened to Baby Jane. And it's really entertaining. Can't recommend it enough. And I, can't, I just can't believe, like, when I, I canceled cable and we still have Netflix and we still Oh, I don't watch, have cable. But, like, I am so out of the TV game. I've never even heard of Feud. You know what? I read some sites that uh-huh. recommend stuff. I get an email from New York Times Watching that recommends shows. I follow The Ringer and their entertainment stuff is really good and they right. have recommendations. Anyway, I've talked forever, but I'm also watching Shit's Creek, which Eli recommended and it is really good. I'm going to let Eli tell For you. For all, all the about moms it. out there, there is a C in that. Yes. So. And Double T. <laughs> have you guys been watching it? No, no. but that it one I've at least heard of. Phenomenal. Yeah. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And they do, it's one of the shows, it's my favorite kind of comedy where it is pretty ridiculous, but they also have an element of sweetness that makes mm-hmm. me just like fall in love with the characters and the plot. And it's a Canadian show. It stars Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, who I will watch anything that those two people yes. are in. They're like phenomenal. And uh, Eugene Levy's real life children play main characters oh. in the show as well. And they're both really, really good at it. I think they're better. I like the kids more than Actually, I like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hare. Yeah, they're, the kids The kids are more interesting. And I think there's maybe even more of a focus on the kids. But it's, it's very much uh, an arrested development type of setup where it's like a wealthy family that loses everything and then has to figure out how to like get by but this family actually does figure out how to get by as opposed to the arrested development people who just kind of wallow in craziness (laughs) (laughs) and um and they have two seasons are out on netflix and the third season is currently airing in canada but i found out the other day that you can get it on Amazon if you're willing to pay money, which I love this show so much that I was actually <laughs> willing to pay money for it. So I'm now watching season three of High it. High praise indeed. Yeah. Uh, slight language warning, uh, but it's not like... Like, I even recommended it to my parents. It's and Bob not, and Kathy don't have a high tolerance <laughs> for language, so... It's not a Tarantino. Is it no. from the same people that made, like, Best in Show and everything? It's... I don't think so. I haven't looked at who the producers okay. are. I watched it because Waiting for Guffman is my favorite movie mm-hmm. of all time, and so that's why I love those two char- those two actors so much. I mm-hmm. don't think it's the same people. I think they're the only two that are it's, common. Um, Eugene yeah. Levy and his son wrote it. Okay. okay. Who stars in it? His son who stars in it as mm-hmm. well. <coughs> Excuse me. They're the two writers. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Catherine O'Hara so much. I, why is so she not much. in every movie? I don't know. I feel like she would improve every movie. Every Her movie. face is so emotive mm-hmm. and crazy. Uh-huh. It's always crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's so good in it. She made Home Alone. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and Home Alone too, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> this woman can't be stopped. <laughs> Sarah, what are you watching? Um, 
I have been watching the Great British Baking Show. Uh, oh my gosh! Did we did we already talk about this? Have we talked about this on the air? S- oh how I mean we I have, haven't. But so I'm so curious because people keep saying they're watching it. It sounds so boring to me. But why? Oh my well, gosh. that's the thing. I I mean. There's reality shows on every subject, right? And I certainly have never been interested in a show about baking. Like, they have all the cupcake shows. I don't mm-hmm. even know. But, like, I'm just not that interested in food. I wouldn't think that I wouldn't enjoy it. But there's something about this show that among reality shows, and especially competition reality shows, that is so singular. It is uh, it's, sweet. It's called goodness. It is good. It's just, like, full of very good, sweet, charming people and funny hosts and it's just full of like puns and and just but like sincere um niceness between people just like cheerleading judges are really judges and and it's i think even paul who's the worst is (laughs) is like really the best yeah Yeah. it's it's just this funny i don't i wish i could like capture the magic because i know that um there they did an american version that was just like a straight ripoff like they used the exact same set design and the, the exact same music but it wasn't as special there's something about people there's from the united kingdom <laughs> that unique makes them uniquely suited to do a show like this i think mm. um there's, basically there's a story i think that Craig, i'm still talking oh gosh you took a breath. I took that as an opening. <laughs> Can Excuse I me. breathe? <laughs> um, I think part of it is that it's a competition show where they go home every week. They compete on the weekends and then they just go back home and like work on their recipes all week and then come back and they're like, oh, this is my very special pie that I have like been working on all week and I've tried it seven different times and two of the times it didn't work. But like it's it's just wholesome. It is wholesome entertainment. And Which, it, sorry. It just, oh, it, it fills my heart with joy that's so superior to chopped where they're like here take this goose liver and a pack of ramen and pixie sticks (laughs) (laughs) and make an entree yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's like that's mean like you guys are mean and like it really does seem as though the intention is to make to do quality work you know and which is why they say we're going to tell you about the challenges ahead of time and you're going to decide what to do and you're going to be able to test this stuff at home and and ask for whatever ingredients you want and um and it's always so like kind and you're always sad for the person who goes home and everybody's sad for the person who goes home that week and also really different from a lot of other reality shows nothing is belabored and so they'll in in a is it a one hour show sarah yeah they'll do three challenges and so it's you know you watch project runway and i i like project runway at least some of it um partly because people were actually displaying a real skill yeah and it was fun to watch but it was like you have to make this one thing and then they stretch it over an hour and they really ramp up all the drama in that hour Mm -hmm. and in this one it's no you got you got to get through three challenges there's no time to waste on that sort of thing emotions zero interpersonal drama all the drama is related to the and what i've I've heard i I don't know if this story is true (laughs) sorry (laughs) it could be it, this could be apocryphal, but I would absolutely believe it's true just based on what I've seen of the show, is that if somebody on the show, one of the contestants, has a breakdown and just, like, the stress gets to them and they start crying, well, that's TV gold, right? And so the cameras will kind of zoom in and everything. And every once in a while that'll happen and the hosts will run over and just start cursing up a storm. And uh, they'll they'll ream the whole room up and down left and right and just lay waste verbally to everything around them and the reason they do that is so that they can't use the footage that was the exact story i was going to tell 
Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah, to so be that's... fair, you've already told that on this podcast. That's true, oh, I have. Boy. <laughs> it's probably apocryphal, though. <laughs> now, that, now that we... I think you heard it from me, actually. <laughs> really? I yeah. do, actually. think that's what i Let's run the <laughs> Can I talk now? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I hate you guys so much. Yeah, you should. There's one moment from Great British Baking Show, Bake Off Baking Show, that I think about all the time, and it changed my life. Ian, a contestant named yes. Ian... Mm-hmm tries to make a baked Alaska and fails miserably. It melts, it's falling apart, and Ian takes the baked Alaska. Instead of trying to fix it, he throws it in the trash. And it comes time for judging, and everyone has their baked Alaskas except Ian, and Ian has to explain to Mary and Paul what happened. And Mary looks at him and she says, you had a moment of weakness. You made a mistake. We all make mistakes, and I know you regret it. And it's going to be okay. And I was watching and bawling. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I was going through at the time. But I was like, oh my gosh, everything's going to be okay. We all we all throw away our baked Alaska every now and again. But she really, I'm an okay person. She said it in a British accent. Oh, yeah. Like, and yeah. she's adorable. She's, she's like, what, 70? Yes. This petite oh little cute bob. Oh, she's so adorable. And the, the judges are named Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood. <laughs> it's I don't understand how I don't, much, like... <laughs> Like I, I don't understand how everybody hasn't seen show. this show. And yeah. when they oh, and I'm they like have it. moments where they like pan away out into the field, and there's like a lamb eating <laughs> daffodils, <laughs> yes. and then they like come back to the bakers. It's so amazing. If I may offer a, a suggestion to anybody listening, um, if you're watching on, there's like tons of seasons f- that were actually shown in the UK, and that's called the Great British Bake Off. The Great British Baking Show, for whatever reason, is available on netflix that's the only one i've copyright. seen copyright yeah the but they have three seasons on netflix season one great season three great you can just skip the second one the talent in that i was pretty disappointed <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like what they baked i didn't, that, didn't the finale <laughs> when they're supposed to bake like their most amazing cake it's like a three-layer cake or three-tiered and i was just like Really, guys? It's like That's, a sheet cake. Uh, it, <laughs> it just was very poorly decorated. <laughs> I thought maybe you were just saying that in an accent. Even. <laughs> sheet, cake. <laughs> sheet cake. I don't know what accent that would be. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's definitely one of those shows that, like, in a stressful time where you, when you just need something wholesome and, mm. like, mm. endearing, that it totally fits the bill. Totally. Craig, what are you watching? Um, I <laughs> Sarah asked me that uh, about 15 minutes before we started rolling, and I stopped and I thought, I have no idea. And it turns out that she is correct. I'm not watching anything right now because <gasps> 20 days ago, the Nintendo Switch <laughs> came out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the new Zelda game, and uh, and I'm a smitten kitten, you guys. So mm. I've I've put in 20 days. I've put about 80 hours into it. (laughs) (laughs) Think of the money you could make if that was like (coughs) channeled toward like a side hustle. This podcast. (laughs) Do you know what you're here for? (laughs) (laughs) Touche. No, this is a true love for Craig. I would just like to note that sitting right beside me on this desk are no less than four Zelda materials, none of which are the game that he's talking about. Well, I just, I'm holding in my hand, oh, and a huge book of Zelda My my coffee table. It it looks like the Hocus Pocus, like, spell book. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've always always really liked the Zelda franchise. When I was a little kid, it was because it was a lot of fun to play. And then, like, as I got a little bit older, I fell in love with the the lore and the philosophy behind Zelda. And so I'm just, like, 
really into it. There's this whole so, mythology. Yeah, there's like a really cool <laughs> mythology behind it. So anyway, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. If anybody cares to know, yes, the Zelda game is that good. It's got like a 98 on Metacritic. Um, and it deserves every single 10 out of 10 that it's gotten. I can't give the exact same praise to the Switch itself. The Switch is really cool, and we'll see where it goes. Um, but, like, right now it's probably, like, a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Uh, but that game is off the charts. So amazing. Can't recommend it highly enough. Anyway, so that's what I've been wasting my time with. Uh, Has anyone else watched Moana, like, 87 times in the last I haven't oh. seen it. Oh, no. well, you don't have two no, little girls living in your home. <laughs> nope. My two-year-old knows every word to every song. Oh. She doesn't even speak English, but she knows every word to every song. <laughs> I, have, I have three really important things I need to say. Okay. Um, and I'll go in ascending important. <laughs> Madam Secretary is having a phenomenal season. I know nobody here watches it. I, I didn't I know even you know it was still airing. Yeah, season three, is it's having a phenomenal season. Awesome. And you can catch it, seasons one and two on Netflix, and I think that you should all go binge watch that. Okay. B, um, This Is Us finally ended. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. how did we not is, talk about this story right now? I hate hate that show okay okay can i can i interrupt hate here it. okay H- whole season we know that the dad dies right yep <coughs> whole season we're just waiting for the dad to die yep. every episode i'm like they're gonna kill him this is finally it yep. he's gonna die season finale he's still Doesn't freaking die. alive now i have to watch not the dead yet damn show <laughs> i know they're gonna drag it out for another season he is th- <coughs> that show I hate everything about it. (laughs) Like, I went from loving it to, like, being annoyed with it. And now, like, every second that it's playing, I'm like, hurry, die (laughs) so I can turn this crap off. My friend described Mandy Moore as having extreme mouth awareness. And now every time she talks, that's all I can look at is how, like, conscious she is when she's talking with her mouth. Yeah. And it's driving me crazy. Everybody drives me crazy. Everyone does. They're all But I terrible. can't stop watching it. I, no. It just had such a strong pilot. It's such yeah. a good pilot. Yeah. It had a great pilot. It, it's still, like, I will still give them that. Uh, but it, the show has gotten so melodramatic. Really? So I'm assuming it. it got renewed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think it, it's like their biggest hit in oh, years. Yeah. It is. It's sort of like a return. I, I feel like a coming home for NBC of like, Ev- this everybody, can be our anchor show. Yeah. Everybody I've talked to has said, well, didn't you like Parenthood? Not the same it's show. Not even close. But that's what everybody's saying. And I never watched Parenthood. Oh my so. gosh. Parenthood was. Parenthood felt like real life. Really? Except yeah. that people yelled at each other too much. It gave me a headache. But. Um, but the third and most important thing is Survivor came back. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's right. This season makes zero sense. <laughs> like, I don't know if the editors have just gotten comp- like totally lazy. But normally, the if you've if you've ever watched Survivor before, normally what happens is you'll have this episode, and they'll kind of like put a target on the back of like two or three people and so you know it's kind of coming down to those people and then they go to tribal council and then there's like you know some kind of crazy thing happens and then one of those people goes home and and it's exciting to find out this season like everybody who's going home is like who is that person even like that then their name never even got brought up during the episode and all of a sudden they're like and now barry's leaving us and it's like who the hell is barry but so it's an all-star season and there's a crazy woman named sandra who's the only person to ever win survivor twice she's never had a vote against her in her Whoa. this is now her really? third season playing wow. 
She has never had a vote against her. And she is unapologetically arrogant about how good she is at Survivor, Mm -hmm. which is normally like the death, the kiss of death on Survivor. But she just like sits around the camp and she's like, I'm the queen around here. Like, deal with it. And everybody's just like, oh, we got to get rid of Sandra. And then they go to tribal council and nobody votes for her. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any sense. And I'm really... I like can't Rigged. stand this woman. I don't think so. I can't stand this woman, but I'm really hoping that she goes all the way through and like finishes strong because it's just so fascinating to see somebody like steamroll their way through v- to victory. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's all I have to say. And I'm recapping it. They're really funny. I'm the finally... recaps are really great. They're mostly nonsense. The mo- <laughs> they only have <laughs> mostly have autobiographical. Only, the only thing, <laughs> only about half of the recap has anything to do with Survivor. The only question I have is, how are your images this year, Eli? He's taken zero photos of his television <laughs> screen, which is a real disappointment for me. Well, I I keep saying I'm going to, but then I sit down to write it and I get lazy, and then I just start taking images off the internet and <laughs> and then like pictures of. <laughs> TV shows from the it's, 80s. In today's recap, there's like seven paragraphs about how Eli can't deposit a check online. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, oh yeah, and Survivor was on. <laughs> I mean, I, I recap it. You do. It just takes a while. And it's entertaining. <laughs> well, the, the first priority yeah. of the post. <laughs> <laughs> my recaps have been, this is, I think this is my fifth season recapping Survivor or fourth. Sure. I think it's my fourth. Um, and but this this is I'm taking a very different route to recap. That's really funny, and it's it's working better for me because rambling nonsense is easier. It's kind of your forte. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of my forte. You have a gift. <laughs> we are we are inching closer and closer to when I will finally write something again for the site. Yeah, when does that happen? I think Shannara starts up again in I didn't June. Know or you July. were literate. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Record, monkey boy. <laughs> yeah. So what, it starts when? I think June or July, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Are you sure you want to do Shannara? It, <laughs> it was very hard to live with you on the nights when you were having to recap <laughs> that. And you're Steven saying, says about the I hate this show. It's, <laughs> but yeah, I have to focus on like, it for hours at a time. There would be like primal roars through the house. Yes. Like, how could you do this? <laughs> the, yeah, and it's going to get worse because the the first season was based on the second book in the series uh, which is everybody's favorite and they just mangled everything they it had almost nothing to do with the book except some of the characters had the same names and only some (laughs) and in the third season they're going to combine the first and the third books and just like mash them together and it's it's going to be the biggest train wreck Uh, of all time i can't wait it's awful I I can already tell you it's going to be one of the worst seasons of television ever created, and I'm weirdly looking forward to Speaking to recapping it. So. Of bad TV. Oh, <laughs> is it time? I think it's time. I think it's time, it time, time after, after time? time. Oh my gosh. Um, how many of us like any Cindy Lauper thing yes. going through your head watching many. this? Many, and I want to apologize for making you sit through that hour it was no you shouldn't it was enjoyable it was um the the thing about it was in the first 15 minutes it was like huh okay interesting concept and then the next 15 minutes it was like wait uh your execution's a little off and then the last 15 minutes was like you guys what are you doing it reminded me of now if you talk to me for long enough i'm always gonna bring up 30 rock oh sure so I'm going to bring up 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. 
it reminded me of Jack comes up with all these show ideas yes. and one of them is like a detective who can't smell and one <laughs> of them's like <laughs> robot dad like all these really stupid ideas and by the end of time after time pilot I was like this is a show that belongs on that episode of 30 <laughs> yes. Rock it was Absolutely. that stupid right. I didn't watch it so tell me what it is oh boy well, are you we ready just go around the horn with like <laughs> recap details okay H.G. Wells is friends with Jack the Ripper. Was that real? No. Did they know each other? No. Okay. I don't think there's even like a consensus about who was Jack, Jack the Ripper. The Ripper. Yeah. Okay. So in this fictional... Hey, did you ever... Hang on. Did you ever read The Time Machine? H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the book, um, they he and a bunch of his like high society friends are sitting around and he's telling them, you guys... I have invented or I've come up with a concept for a time machine and he has a little model and he shows him and then it turns out he's actually built the thing in his basement and he takes it for a ride mm. and the beginning of the show is very similar he's sitting around with a bunch of these people and one of them it is Jack the Ripper and the police catch up to Jack the Ripper and he runs away and goes into the basement and takes the time machine to 2017 New York City that's right. our year Obviously. that's our time that, oh so now <laughs> 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 what? The time of Snapchat and MySpace. <laughs> and um, and then, let's see, so, and then H.G. Wells follows him there because the time machine comes back, and so he follows him <laughs> to New York City, modern-day New York City, and then... Um, Hilarity ensues. And, and he meets, like the most attractive single woman of all time. <laughs> She's a curator at the museum where the time machine was being yeah. held. Where all attractive women were. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. And, in uh, New York, certainly. You yeah, need to have a, a curatorial position. Or a fashion magazine. She's a, she's a 26-year-old <laughs> assistant curator at a big New York museum, obviously. <laughs> but this is just sort of like a for, for now job, as she reveals later. Right. She loved art history, but she wasn't thinking about her career. But she has this amazing apartment, oh. P.S. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's you. amazing. It's, it's, it's gigantic. I mean, it would be bajillions of dollars, and it is very well furnished. And I happen to have all the because H.G. Wells comes home with her at one point. Um, I happen to have these clothes from my ex-boyfriend, and I think Who the line was seriously exactly. like, "It ended quickly. He left some clothes." And it's an entire wardrobe. <laughs> yes, yes. H.G. Wells is outfitted for the rest of the episode, <laughs> even in in multiple ensembles. I always think that's funny when. And maybe my life is just different than TV people's lives. No. But whenever there's like a TV or a movie and they're like, you need clothes, let me go in my husband's closet and get you some. And then they like pull out this like really nice suit and they're like, just wear this. It's like, that could never happen with my wardrobe. <laughs> like if anybody went into my closet, first of all, they'd have a hard time finding anything. Yeah. Because it's a mess. Second, they'd have a hard time finding anything that doesn't smell bad because <laughs> laundry it's issues. It's a mess. And, uh, and third, like if they took a nice suit, like I would notice it so fast. you like, where is my one nice suit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only suit I own and I certainly wouldn't leave an entire wardrobe of clothes at an ex's no place. exactly you you get the clothes that you left that's the thing that's part of the the ritual of breaking up with somebody so so it gets better okay. Eli it gets better because um he he goes home with her because he has nowhere to sleep because he's from 1893 in London mm-hmm 
he doesn't know anybody. <laughs> so anyway, so but then the next day, like he needs to find Jack the Ripper because Jack the Ripper, he's a big fan of killing the ladies. Yeah. And so and Jack the Ripper has started doing so. And he's yes. killing and he's killing the ladies. And mm-hmm. so he takes and OJ's getting blamed for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird connection to the people be- versus OJ Simpson. It's like a weird side plot, but yeah. So so he takes his new lady friend out on the trail for uh, O.J. Simpson no, uh, no, 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 no. for Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yes. And and they take this weird break like if for five minutes in the middle of the episode it's like this really intense we have to find him or else he's going to kill all these women and they just pause in the museum and like gaze longingly into <laughs> well, each other's yes. eyes. It's the stupidest, <laughs> it's the worst writing now, thing. The curator has been very skeptical of the fact that this could truly be H.G. Wells. She thinks he's just like an actor, like promoting some show through a viral marketing campaign. Weird that she was skeptical. I, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really expected her to be a little more trusting on that. <laughs> but she, but then finally H.G. Wells is like, why don't you just get in the time machine with me and I'll turn it on and you'll see. Right. And so they mm-hmm. get in the time machine and she's like, yeah, right. But then they really <laughs> do time travel three days into the future. And she gets out and she's like, how could this happen? That exhibit <laughs> doesn't open for three yeah, days. That, that exhibit. Yeah. And Why then, would they go three days in the future of all the times <laughs> they could know. do? They, I because, don't know. Because, because they needed to find the newspaper clipping that says that she's the next victim <laughs> yes. of Jack the yes. Ripper. Because it's, <laughs> that is very, it's the worst <laughs> show ever. Can I talk about the last line? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we're ready for that. Okay. Sorry. Ooh, no, I mean, emotionally ready. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what is it? This lady... <laughs> She, I was like only half paying attention. I was working while I watched this, so I'm not really sure what happened to the girlfriend. No, but, Jack the Ripper broke into her house. Oh. They, they go back to their regular time, regularly scheduled <laughs> calendar, and but then Jack the Ripper breaks into her house and kidnaps her right and, out from under HG's nose. Exactly. So he's running out in the street. Jane, Jane. <laughs> and then, then this woman approaches him and says, HG, right? Or like, I don't know, whatever his name is, <laughs> Herbert. You need to come with me. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And she's like, you will. He said, what are you talking about? And she's like, I'm your great, great granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> and then music swells. Yeah. I was I was home alone watching this and like laughing so <laughs> I think Craig and I both went, No <laughs> It's both uh, ironically and unironically because it does kind of like it, I felt pretty like sunk into the world. They have uh, a decided to go with Like it. the first conversation he has with this girl is like, So you're single? Like it's and it was so like real like you're single She's like, Yeah. I, like I am it. single. Except I like to date boys, <laughs> but they do not like me back. Yes, that does happen too. <laughs> and then he's like, "In your time, do you still fancy marriage or something?" <laughs> oh my god! You mean in America? Oh, and that's yeah. the other thing is that they could not resist. First of all, they couldn't resist just taking an uh, a, at least semi-interesting concept and running with it. They had to shoehorn in the five-minute romantic scene mm-hmm. that had no place in the pilot and then they also had to shoe hi- shoehorn in all the political stuff uh-huh. and so Jack the Ripper comes and he finds that oh he really belongs in 2017 America oh, yeah. because these people love violence HG don't you understand this is this is my people they they you can just walk into a store and get a gun can you believe these rubes it's the funniest the it's the stupidest where thing where HG is watching like four screens at oh once oh my god and, and it's, crying it's all the violence from around the world and this thing 
little tear. It's pretty it's amazing. Like the, it's like the Indian from there's, the 70s with the littering. It is, it is exactly like that. Don't there's, waste your time. There's like, no serious crime, so I feel all. like a jerk for laughing, but like this one single tear. And then Donald Trump is on the screen. Yes, that is true as well. Well, because the thing is crying with Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all are. I know. I felt like I could relate to H.G. Wells pretty well. Not well. Oh. The thing was, he had been talking to his friends back in 1893 about how um, in oh, five he- generations, the, you know, we will have utopia, essentially. Like, and this is accurate. H.G. Wells did think this. Right, right. Because he was it an is, idiot. It is, this whole thing is based <laughs> in some reality. Um, but he was very much like that's the time where I belong. People will be kind. People will be generous. People will understand human relations so much better. And he, when he gets to 2017, he's like, women can hold jobs. And, oh, I'm interacting with this black person. And this is so wonderful. (coughs) And then it's later that he realizes that actually, like, ISIS exists and there's school shootings. And that's Um. the single tear scene. And he is quite... Uh, he's shaken. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So and ISIS isn't funny, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but that no. sentence is. <laughs> oh my god. So okay. So I, I have to say, uh, Eli, if this hasn't convinced you, I'm watching it. Okay. <laughs> convinced. Um, I I don't know that I dare go on with it because I don't know if I want to inflict that upon myself. How many episodes are there? Two. Uh, I think there's just there's two. There's at least two. Yeah. Wait, why Cindy Lauper? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because because you googled time after time. TV that's why. Show. Yeah. Time after time TV show. Oh. It's so campy. That was the worst like ten minutes of radio ever, and I don't care. It, no, it's was, so much fun. I was very entertained. It has sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What? No. No way. Critic or viewer? Um, Do you know what this reminds me of? Um, did you guys ever watch? Uh, oh shoot, was it Sleepy Hollow? Mm-hmm. On okay, Fox? I heard Sleepy Hollow was good. That was so. It was a similar concept, like Ichabod Crane kind of fast forwards into modern America. But that was like I I only watched the first season. I didn't have a chance to watch after that. But it was legit for that first season. I really yeah. liked it. So like I feel like the time traveling historical figure is, is has promise. It has some merit as yeah. an idea. It could be pulled off. But this was such an awful show. No critical consensus yet. On <laughs> oh well, it is tough. I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> um, I did read a well. Okay, full disclosure. I started a book and it was entertaining, but then I got distracted about Hitler coming to 2017 Berlin and like it's oh it wait was, what's it what was it called I can't remember Dang. it was funny though like the whole how does this historical figure adjust uh-huh. to time you guys read Man in a High Ca- or watched Man in a High I Castle I don't like no. it you don't like it mm-hmm. I have some friends who keep telling me to watch it I don't I, haven't I, watched I it. we watched a few episodes and I gave up because it was kind of boring mm. I'll mm. do it Well, anyway, oh gosh, I feel like I've reached my laughter quota for the week. (laughs) So, I have to say though, like probably because of the way Meg set this up, which was, hey, you guys, there's a show that looks really awful. I think we should watch it and talk about how awful it is. Like going into it with that mindset, (laughs) that's that's as much planning as we put into this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So. I'm, and I'm and it wasn't until today that I actually watched. (laughs) Oh, really? Anyway, sorry, sorry. What were you going to say? Just that. 
if like it was so campy and i feel like if you just sort of accept that and and sink yourself down into the world of the show like i had fun watching it i because i got to there were a few times when something really dramatic but yet totally predictable happened and i got to say both ironically and unironically like no i can't believe this Uh and it's just sort of fun to like get swept away in something that's just so laughable and silly but um but that is sort of taking itself really seriously but i also i feel like with a little bit of a wink i don't i can't imagine that they're like this we're, is hard we're making stuff. we're making serious television. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, I just maybe. I felt like it was more fun than I've had watching a show. In, it's more than fun I've than Shannara. Well, yeah, and it's more fun than being in the next room when you're watching Shannara yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Fine, I'll watch episode two with you. <laughs> Thank That's, you. That is so fun. I did almost hit play because Hulu came up. Yeah. and I was like mm-hmm. starting in ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, gosh! I've got to do other things i think also um i'm just gonna predict something for the future here the woman at the end who says no i'm your great great granddaughter (laughs) she um is ethnically ambiguous and i think that that's gonna become like a a thing with uh hg wells whole like vision of utopia is he's gonna be like Like at least my family (gasps) yeah you know my family like broke down these barriers and my great great granddaughter uh, is in this high profile position because she like owns the museum where the time machine is being held or something. <laughs> I think that's really going to like buoy him up and I hope the Jack the Ripper thing gets resolved. I just want them to get into solving like single episode capers. He's, he's the only one on the show though that I feel like is having a good time with his role. Everybody else is kind of, well, no, H.G. Wells does okay. The girl is just like terrible phoning it in at awful. best. Um, but the guy that plays Jack the Ripper is like he is just chewing that scenery to death. Mm-hmm. He loves it. So uh, I like watching him, even mm-hmm. though he's a creeper. He's scary. Yeah. I think it's all, like he's his role, not even like the fact that Jack the Ripper is involved, but the way he's playing it or the way it's written is the one thing on the show that just like seems off to me the one thing that seems off many things seem (laughs) off but it's like you have the tone of the show and then you have this like really menacing figure who kind of like throws it off kilter the rest of it i feel like is one kind of a romp yeah a romp absolutely and jack the ripper is just sort of showing up to like remind you why it's dangerous to walk alone at night maybe that's it i would 100 percent watch a show about jack the ripper like if it was just no time travel. Mm-hmm. I don't need time travel. Give me a show about Jack the Ripper. I'm there watching every episode. Give me a show about H.G. Wells coming to the future and, you know, wrestling mm-hmm. with this. This is not the utopia I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm in. Put them both in one show. It's like a hot mess. It's, mm-hmm. it's a disaster. Yeah. And it makes me feel bad for serious writers who come up with pilots <laughs> that don't get made. <laughs> right. Because this garbage is getting made. Yeah. Right. I had the thought watching this, like, I feel bad for... Um, for the actors that yeah. like you know and I mean and getting cast in any role certainly in a pilot that actually goes to air like that's a pretty that's a pretty that's long a shot deal. that's yeah. a big deal but I I would feel sorry for them if they were like my friends that they were like this is my big break and yet <laughs> like I really hate this yeah. and I feel like this is just so embarrassing like yeah it is embarrassing and yeah who did Joey uh, play so on sure. um, Days of Our Lives Joey from Friends oh uh, Dr. Drake Ramore yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Back to your point about the writers. I actually remarked to Sarah last night after we watched it that this is an excellent, excellent example of writing by committee where I can see that like an actual writer said, oh, 
how about this concept of H.G. Wells actually did build a time machine and came to New York? Great. Um, and then it goes to the boardroom, and the boardroom's like, well, where's the romance? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's coming. Don't worry. Where's that's the later. Villain? That's later in mm-hmm. the season. And, and Exactly. And so he's like, oh, okay, fine, I'll I'll put some romance in this episode. And so they just kind of like mm-hmm. stick it somewhere. And so there's a three to five minute romantic scene that has nothing to do with the rest of the story. And same thing with like, yeah, well, yeah, but what's, but what's driving HG Wells? You need a villain. You need something pushing him. And you're like, yeah, he just went to freaking New York. And you're like, no, put Jack the Ripper in. And you, <laughs> so you can see this like committee of people saying, no, it's, you got to punch it up. You gotta punch it up, John. Yeah, that's yeah. how Jurassic World, I think, was written. And how, when you're going to lunch with your coworkers, the more people there are trying to decide where to go to lunch, the worse the restaurant mm-hmm. ends up being. True. Right. <laughs> yes. And eventually, you're just like, let's go to Wendy's. You yeah. go down to the lowest denominator yeah. of like generic. Sizzler. Yeah. Sizzler. <laughs> hey, I will not we have had you the worst impugning. meal of our lives as Sizzler. I'll <laughs> have you know. <laughs> no, this reminds me of there's. Uh, I listened to a really interesting story once about this screenplay that got written and it was about um, it took place in Cuba in the 50s and it was all about you know these young revolutionaries and all this stuff and then eventually it got written by committee over and over again and it became Dirty Dancing to Havana Nights no way yes crazy go back and find the old episode of This American Life I'm sure it'll be super compelling and I don't know if you remember this show Um, it had Christina Applegate and Will Arnett and they had a baby yes what was that called I can't remember but the show I read an interview with the writer who was like they took my show and they turned it into something completely not my show and it was this completely heartbreaking experience for her Anyway, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> oh, by the way, I know this isn't TV, but speaking of podcasts real quick, has anybody listened to Finding Richard Simmons? Yes, I've heard it's amazing. I just started it today. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, who would have thought? Who can, and it gives you an appreciation for Richard Simmons. I already have. I have one episode in, and yep. I already feel like I appreciate him a little bit. Yeah, I've also heard that My Favorite Murder. I've also been listening to that. Is it as good as I've heard it is? It, it, you know, I have only three or four episodes in. I'm guessing that it takes a while to kind of hit its stride but it is quite disturbing quite foul mouthed but also yes very enjoyable the way it was described to me is two high maintenance valley girls describing gruesome murders is that accurate that's true I'm not going to listen to that Uh, that is everything I love in (laughs) one description (laughs) no I I have a real I have a real thing against the like there's I feel like there's a murder porn thing going on right now I'm just I'm just not into it but it's interesting because Craig is all not all about, but more interested in watching fictional depictions of scary, murdery situations. And I'm like, no. You're talking about horror movies? Yeah. And I'm more like, let me let me hear about the real stuff. And I think we both are sort of at least personally offended by the opposite. Oh. But in my favorite murder, it definitely gets into this thing where it's so it it's like not how um not how academics would talk about murder and it's not how um, like weird fanboys who are all like crazy about serial killers would talk about murder. It's mm-hmm. like how women who have lived their lives for whatever reason super neurotic about getting murdered. It's how they would talk about serial killers, which I think is just like it's a lot more relatable. Sure. So, yeah, mm. I would I would recommend it to some. You would be among the some. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good luck. I think. <laughs> just from what you said. I mean, you said it was right up your alley. So I'm going to just 100%. push you in that direction. Thank Down you. the alley. Be safe. We're probably going over time, huh? No, I mean, there, there <coughs> is. Me. That's the beauty of podcasting. There is no over or under time. So, yeah, let's call it. But but let's talk about what we've got uh, coming up. How was, first, tell me how was your 
event last month. Mm. Strangerville Live. Strangerville I'm Live. I'm going to say it was a success. It was a huge success. We I'm, loved it. Sarah and I were in the audience, yeah. and we would also say that it was a huge Thanks. success. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. We it was, laughed a lot. It was a nail-biter in the minutes leading up to it, oh that everything goodness. pulled together. Yep. and. Yeah, it was one of the most fun nights I've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. We worked really hard. We worked so hard. And it was really nice to have that payoff. Mm -hmm. You know that feeling mm -hmm. when you put like your heart and soul into something. And totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It works. Was so, someone vacuuming upstairs? Did that happen? Yes. Okay. I and he I only identified. spoke Spanish. I went up to tell him <gasps> oh. to stop vacuuming. And I had to do a lot of like yeah. miming. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. it, that sound did not make it into the recording, <coughs> oh, that's good. which we released uh, last week. And where can people find that? It, uh, the Strangerville. Strangerville yeah. I also linked to it on TV and Jelly. Yep. Perfect. But so. uh, yeah, is it Strangerville? Or it just gets stranger.com? Yep, is, that's is the, the website that I write, and the podcast is called Strangerville. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to Eli on the Strangerville podcast. You can listen to me on the Legendarium podcast, if you're weird. And uh, what other, do we have any other projects among the three or four of us? No. Uh, but there will be another Strangerville Live mm -hmm. in May. May. Yeah. And Sarah and I just got roped into participating. And I'm pretty excited. I would say generously invited and graciously <laughs> accepted. Oh, marriage. Uh, we're excited. No, I'm, I'm super stoked. <laughs> we're excited to have you. We're It'll, very excited. I think it's going to be a great show. May 12th, then we'll uh, get more details out in about two or three weeks. Yep. Uh, cool. Well, I think that'll do it for us. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, do us a favor. If you enjoy the show uh, and if your eardrums are still intact from that middle portion when we <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. So much laughing. Uh, but if you enjoy the show, please share it. Uh, there will be a link at TV and Jelly or tvjelly.com. Uh, go and share that link uh, abundantly on your social media feeds and your Facebookers and your, your tweeters and <laughs> share it around. Uh, we need to get everybody in the world listening to this show. I mean, that's the goal, right? Because how mean, else are we going to feed our families? Exactly. <laughs> so, how else are we going to feed Meg's family? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's more accurate. Exactly. All right. <coughs> See you in a month, you guys.